Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I'm going to just say thank you for having us here. We are truly honored. And I'm pretending like I'm just at home on a Sunday morning because I feel at home. And I uh, just want to say hi to you all. And also, you put that so beautifully because I just want to honor my husband for just a minute because tomorrow is his birthday. Yeah. Sorry. Happy, happy birthday. And Pastor, you put it so beautifully. He really does uh, give his life, gives every last drop Praise for every last person, the last to leave the church every Sunday. Sometimes I drive separate so I can scoot off before, but no, he stays to the end. And uh, I honor you, and I just love you, and want to say happy birthday. And um, so, yeah, it's going to be a great week. But um, so anyway, I just wanted to say really quick, you know, uh, it's easy to um, kind of get busy, right? And go on our way and not think about the lost and everything out there. But this year, I decided I was going to start winning people to the Lord. I was going to try to win one person a week. And I said to myself, because it's, it's just easy to minister to each other and to the Christians and all that. But the strangers out there, it's a little bit harder. So I said to myself, timid no more in 2024. And that's what I was going to do. And you know what? God makes it so easy. If you pray in the morning, God, lead me to someone who needs you. Whether it's a word of encouragement, a seed you're sowing, whatever it is, he, it's a setup. He leads you to those people. And just last week, I was in, and I decided I was going to buy my husband some fancy tennis shoes. Because everyone gives him shoes. I've actually never bought him a pair of shoes. Every fancy pair has been given to him. But I wanted to go buy him a fancy pair. So I went in there, and I'm talking with the lady. And somehow we got talking about, she was raised Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I wanted to be a nun. She wanted to be a nun. And um, she said, you know what? Uh, let, stay here. I had to run down to the other store. I'll gift wrap these up for you and come back for them. So I said, okay. So I came back. I'm like praying in the spirit. Okay, God, how can I? What, when, I got in the, when I got in the store, she says to me, you know what? I want to carry these to your car. And I'm like, they never do this. I go, I'm way at the other end. I'm in the Nordstrom's parking lot. And she's like, I want to walk you to your car. And God said to me, this is it. Just watch. It's going to happen. So the whole way walking with her, I talked about the Lord, talked about the Lord, got to the garage and just said, you know what, have you ever asked Jesus in your heart? She says, no. I said, would you pray with me right now in this parking garage to receive the Lord? She says, I will. And she prayed with me right there in the garage. I'm telling you, God sets it up. God sets it up. The week before I led my gardener guy in the back who used to be in the Hell's Angels before that dirty dozen, he hasn't done that for a long time, but he said, I've done so many bad things. I said, it doesn't matter. God can wipe away all your past. So I'm just saying this to encourage you. You can do it. And pray in the morning. God set it up with someone, and he will. And you know what? You're going to get so much joy, you're not going to be able to contain yourself. Because since I've been doing this, I have got so much joy. That's all I've been thinking about. Try it. It works. It works. Sorry. Did I take too much of your time? No. Thank you, honey. 
And we'll be married 45 years in May. Thank you, sweetheart. We have four kids. They're all married and and uh, eight. Yeah, there's the family from a couple weeks ago and a um, couple months ago. And eight grandkids, the great eight. Eight, eight and a half. We have one in the oven. That's uh, the little baby in front of me. It's Romeo Blue Maiden. He's, he lives in Laguna Beach with his mom and dad. And we're so grateful. I give all the credit to Jesus and Mary for how good my kids turned out. Not that Mary, my Mary. Um, she's, she's just a wonderful mother and, oh, and grandmother and wife. What a share a message called uh, Recover All. This is your season, your year, your decade, your time to recover all. We'll be reading from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30, a great story of King David. Thank you, worship team. You're awesome. God raised up a, um, an engineer and his lovely wife with their three boys to be your campus pastors here. How many of you love it? appreciate Pastor Michael and Lisa? World-class leaders here, really special what God is doing. And before I jump in, I just want to say one thing. I, I heard the Lord say, I'm going to crown Coronado with my kingdom. And I'm taking a crown from a stronghold and putting it on my son. The Lord says, now watch what happens in this time. From theaters to houses will be turned over to awaken because the Lord is, the Lord is dethroning principalities. And the Lord is lifting up his purpose. And it will seem like a, they say, well, it's just a small place. But in the small place, there's been a great stronghold. And the stronghold is coming down. And they will say something's changed in the atmosphere, the environment, and something's changed in the behavior of the residents and the soldiers and all those that work on this island. But it will be because a door has been opened in heaven because of the obedience of Awakened Church. And there will be a sweeping move of God. Powerful. I saw it looked like a retired general's wife get up out of a, a bed of sickness, there are going to be notable miracles that are going to happen that affect the residents and the, the history there, the long-standing history. So God, thank you for what you're doing there and thank you for what you're doing here in El Cajon. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, before I read that, let me share something uh, humorous. I uh, heard about this mother was leaving uh, church with her young daughter. And she asked her, hey, what would you learn today, the mother said, uh, in Awakened Church Kids Ministry. And the little girl said, well, mommy, we learned today how God made men and women. And the mother said, well, that's interesting. Tell me how he did it. The little girl says, well, here's what happened. God reached down, grabbed a handful of dirt, and made a man. Then he put the man to sleep, took out his brains, and made a woman. Something 
Something about the theology here. You could talk to Pastor Michael if there. Something in the book of Genesis. Verse 1 of chapter 30 of 1 Samuel says, Now it happened. David and his men came home to Ziklag, their temporary home in the wilderness. The third day, the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and burned it with fire. There's all kinds of trials, there's all kinds of storms, there's all kinds of difficulties. But sometimes when there's fire in it, it's like ten times worse. It's a, not a trial, it's a fiery trial. And you know the enemies in those kinds of fire. And they had taken captive, kidnapped the women and those that were there from the youngest to the oldest. They didn't kill anyone, but they carried them away and went their way. So they burned the city, took the wealth, and kidnapped the women, children, and I suppose the elderly. So David's men came back to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters had all been taken captive. You know, the devil has no right to take your family captive. Thank you, three of you. We're taking our families back. We're taking our families back. And David said to the people that were with him, excuse me, David and the people that were with him lifted up their voices and wept. The proper response to loss is grief. They're weeping until they had no more power to weep. Their tear ducts emptied out. David's two wives, Ohinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite, also had been taken captive. Now, David was greatly distressed. So he had the dual loss of his own family. And then he had this loss. For all the men spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. So the men who a few hours before, down to a man of 600 men, each one of them would have died for David. Now it's a unanimous verdict. They all want to kill him because they're so discouraged. So that happened, and that's a pretty intense thing. But the Bible says the last sentence, but David encouraged himself, strengthened himself in the Lord. Sometimes you got to preach to yourself. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. Sometimes you got to take charge of your environment and put on a praise tape from Awaken worship team. And sometimes you got to re-listen to Pastor Michael's message. And sometimes you got to read a book and get out your Bible and you got to pace the floor and talk in tongues, and you gotta you gotta go to conference even though you're tired, and you gotta you gotta do stuff. You have to do whatever it takes to get to get out of it, to overcome it, to encourage yourself. And then David, he's so encouraged he can hear from God again. Said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod. The ephod was a a article, two stones in the breastplate of the high priest that would, you know, supernaturally reveal the will of God. We no longer have that. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit. Bring the ephod here. And Abathar brought the ephod to David, and David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And 
The Lord answered, pursue for you will without fail, excuse me, you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's your time to recover all. Thank you, Lord. Anoint your word, your people, your servant. Show the devil who's boss today. In Jesus' name, amen. This chapter closes, by the way, with David obeying the word, pursuing the Amalekites, catching them when they were drunk and unprepared, conquered them, defeated them, rescued all their families, rescued all their stolen wealth, and then David received the wealth of the Amalekite nation, and he became the wealthiest man in Israel in one day. He went from bankrupt to billionaire in one day because he obeyed God, he overcame discouragement, and he fought to break through. They called that David's spoil. Now, just a couple of things because... We don't want to misread adversity. Adversity, opposition, and demonic intrusion is never a sign of God's disapproval. It's often a sign that you're onto something. Point number one, the enemy wouldn't be attacking you so hard if there wasn't something so valuable inside of you. Thieves don't break into empty houses. When you're a threat, you're always a target. And I say this next one to my church semi-frequently. Discouragement is often the greatest when breakthrough is the closest. In this particular timeline, David is three days away from being crowned king of Judah. He's waited for 13 years. He's waited over a decade. And now he's right there. And he goes through the most heartbreaking and the most discouraging event. Why? Because the devil couldn't defeat him. The devil can only deceive him. And deceive him into quitting, giving up, and letting go, and, and not entering into the full promise of what God had said he would be. But like our wonderful pastor receiving the offering early said from John 10, 10, Jesus said, here is, here is the bottom line, the devil's a thief. He comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come, Jesus said, to give you everything back he took, to give you life and life more abundantly. That's what Jesus does. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So we stay discerning. We stay spirit-filled. We, we stay filled with God's word because we have a real enemy who's at war with God by attacking God's people. In the Bible, the Amalekite, the nation that attacked David and his men, are a picture of demonic strongholds. And I just want to kind of maybe talk through this and not read the whole passages again. In Deuteronomy 25, the Lord said, I don't want you to ever forget what the Amalekites did to you. And many nations attacked Israel, but none of them did it so demonically strategic as these guys. God never forgave them for their method. Because they, from their high-perched hiding places, they studied this massive congregation of two million Jews living in Egypt. And they said, let's attack them, not up front where all the young, strong warriors are, but out the, out the very back where the children and the elderly are. And let's wait till they're tired, maybe in the late afternoon after a few days of walking. So they attacked them where they were the weakest and when they were the weakest. 
The Amalekite spirit represents the demonic entity that studies you and attacks you when you're the weakest, where you're the weakest. It's like a perfect storm of adversity. So we want to, that's why we have to be on guard because when the devil comes in that moment, we have to perceive it's the devil and not God and it's not some other just natural things and it is a spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is a real thing. In Exodus 17, the same kind of thing happened. Joshua is fighting Amalek in the Valley of Giants and Moses is up on the hill interceding. Now here's the greatest man in the Old Testament, Moses. He's interceding, and while his hands are in, his air, in the air toward God, Joshua wins. But even Moses got tired. And the Bible says when Moses rested his hands, the Amalekites surged forward and started having momentum winning. And so on the hill they realized that, and so they sat Moses down, and the two of his right-hand man, Aaron and Hur, both stood at each side, and they held up his hands for them. Now, the principle is this, that often in light, it's not how much something weighs that most discourages us. It's how long we have to carry it. So this weighs nothing to me. I can hold it with hardly any effort. But I promise you, if I held it for 45 minutes, I'd be baptizing Pastor Michael and Lisa with water in the front row. Because it's not, it's not how much it weighs. It's how long I've had to carry it. I told my beautiful wife, I, when we had a difficulty um, um, 25 years ago, I said, I can handle six weeks of this. When it ended six years later, <laughs> see, the thing that ended up being probably the most intrusive, invasive, and discouraging was, man, this thing just won't end. It's lasting way, way longer than I thought. And, and you know, that's the devil wins often by people just leaving the battlefield, dropping their weapons because they're just tired. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this. But, but the devil's a liar. He can't defeat you, but he can deceive you. He's the deceiver, the accuser, the condemner. And he deceives people into quitting. But you're not quitting. You're here. You've overcome all kinds of stuff. You've overcome, and here you are. And you're going to see the outcome, amen? amen? In 1 Samuel chapter 1, just a brief ref reference. King Saul's killed on the battlefield almost immediately after David wins this battle. So it's time. And they, King Saul and his, his righteous son, Jonathan, die. And a man appears to David and he says, here's King Saul's crown. And David said, is he dead? Yes. The, the guy said, he was wounded. He looked up at me and said, please finished me off, and I finished him off. I killed him. I brought his crown, and here's his crown, so his, 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 you know, some kind of jewelry on his wrist. Here are these proofs that he was dead. And uh, David said, who are you? And he said, I'm an Amalekite. Now, here's the point. If you don't kill it, it kills you. You cannot flirt with discouragement or depression. You cannot flirt with those things. The longer they linger, the more ground they take, the more dreams they steal, the more they steal, kill, and destroy. So we are called to overcome. Amen. Be not weary and well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. And we overcome by recognizing that battle and not retreating. 
the Bible, it, it, in the early church, they, the early church fathers called perseverance, hupemone, the Greek word, the queen of all virtues. They lifted up per, because they saw how valuable it was for people not to quit, to persevere under pressure, under weight, okay? Point number two, being spiritual doesn't mean you don't have and feel emotion. But being spiritual means you don't allow negative emotions to reign over you. So David and his men, after attack, they wept properly. When a person does not grieve, when they don't have a season of sorrow mourning after a serious loss or trauma, they, they're, they've stuffed it down. So they've stopped the normal cycle, the normal response of grief. And a lot of times, like young people just you know, don't deal with it, and I'm not going to resolve that, just kind of, there's a time in life when you can outrun your issues, but about midway through your life, they catch up to you. They catch up to your heart, your mind, your body, your nervous system, your marriage, your, they, your job, and people just kind of implode, because if you don't deal with it, it will deal with you. And so they've, they're weeping, it's all good, so Grief is the normal response to loss. There's nothing, never belittle someone feeling sorrow or grief over loss. Grief is healthy until it's not. Beautiful Mary, my bride of 45 years almost, is a uh, clean person. So our house is never dirty. There's no dishes at night in the sink. And uh, she can't sleep with a spoon in the sink. <laughs> Every cupboard, is, everything's organized, everything's perfect. And uh, so she, she, about every other month she does this little thing. She'll go to the refrigerator and she's just getting everything out. And she's, she's looking at the thing and she's looking at the expiration date. She said, oh, this is, this is the expiration date. It's come and gone. Got thrown away. And I'm like, honey, just smell it. It doesn't smell spoiled to me. And she's like, sit down, I have to teach you how to run a house. She said, it turns bad before you can smell it or taste it. The poison's there, you just can't discern it yet. And that's the thing about sorrow, it turn, there's an expiration date on your mourning season. See, see the, Psalm 30 says, Weeping may endure for the night, but here comes joy. Joy comes in the morning. And God not belittling the morning heart, just saying, you never let the temporary become permanent. Never grant a negative emotion permanent residence in your heart. Just don't do it. So we have authority. Why? The kingdom of God is joy. We sang about it. It's love. It's peace. There is superior in every way. Okay. Point number three, every single believer has the opportunity and responsibility to encourage himself in the Lord. So David, uh, there were 600 men in David. David didn't have anyone to lean on but God. Now, praise God for Pastor Michael and Lisa, the pastors here, Pastor Jorgen, Pastor uh, uh, Leanne, oh, just everybody. I mean such world-class people, and we're so grateful. 
But sometimes there ain't nobody around. You got to get your Bible, put on some worship music. You got to talk in tongues. You got to find that that teaching from last week. You got to do whatever it takes to beat that thing down out of your out of your heart and encourage yourself. Now, it's so important because God can't talk to you about your future until you're healthy enough to believe it. So you know you're healthy when your heart dreams again. God made your heart to be a dream factory. And if you're not collaborating with heaven concerning the imaginative you know, promises of the future, it's because there's discouragement governing the gears of your heart. So God, the most positive, hopeful, and joyful people in this city and in all of California should be believers. Thank you, sister. Thank you, brother. One person. Yeah. Well, why? We got the Holy Ghost. We got the Bible. We're saved. We're on the way to heaven. So the Bible says in Isaiah 40, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and knuckle weary, walk and not faint. What does that mean? Well, the word wait there is the Hebrew word koval. Koval simply means this. It means most accurately to wait expectantly, to hope. But it's the picture of three cords twisted together, to bind together by twisting. Those that twist themselves around the Lord. Those that put his word into their minds and don't let it leave. Those that pray until it's broken. Those that seek God until they find God. Those shall renew their strength. It's a big issue because when uh, Mary and I, we've been married 45 years. I've been in the ministry 46 years. We started our first church when we were babies, 27. The Lord blessed it was the right town, right place, right people in Scottsdale, Arizona, and God breathed upon it, and uh, I, you know, God spoke to me about a young man in our church, making our worship leader named Israel Houghton. He became pretty well known, and still is. Good things happened. Grew to 5,000 people after 10 years. We were building a building, and it was about halfway up, 4,800-seat auditorium in uh, August of 1995, and our church treasurer, a local multimillionaire businessman, embezzled $20 million from our church. So all that really happened, and um, it's an amazing thing. So he, we couldn't get the money back. He went to jail. Our church uh, dwindled from 5,000 to 140. Ten front page headlines of the paper, front page stories, just horrible things happened. And uh, six lawsuits, 15 concurrent attorneys, etc. So it was the worst thing that could happen. And when I was a young pastor, I just didn't want to worry about business. I just wanted to be spiritual. And I found out later on that being, business is pretty spiritual. So I, I, uh, I turned, you know, I had a, an actual Judas, and I just let him run the whole finances until we ran into trouble. So all that happened, and I was 37 and thought my life was over because when hope walks out, depression walks in. Hope is the oxygen of the human soul. You, you can't be healthy without it. We suffocate without it. Hope deferred makes your heart sick, Proverbs 13, 12 says. So 
the Lord, you know, the, the Lord's talk, and I'm, tr I'm trying to survive it all. I got so depressed, I wrote a country western music album. <laughs> That's the truth. I confessed my sins. And um, the Lord said to me one day, Michael, would you like the pain that you feel to go away? I said, yeah. In fact, I've made a list of some people here. If you would please kill everyone on this list. Um, I'm going to feel better about life in general and more hopeful. And the Lord said to me, what he said next was, Michael, if you will forgive the people that have hurt you, I will make you forget the pain they've caused you. Now, so, so I did and he did. So Jesus, my beautiful Mary calls me Lazarus because I was buried in the front page of the paper. And people still come because we started a new church 20 years ago. It's thrived. We've got a bunch of campuses. God gave us a $40 million building for free. All that happened because I encouraged myself. Now, at that time, it was, so 1996 or 1997, I was watching TBN. And this pleasantly plump African-American preacher came on named T.D. Jakes. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go buy his stuff. I hopped on a plane, flew to, flew to Dallas, walked into his new church and said, I want every cassette tape of your pastor preaching. The black lady said, what? I said, yeah, I want every one. She could barely contain herself. She was giggling and laughing. We've, nev we've never had someone like you walk into our church. So I, I took two grocery bags full of cassette tapes, got back in the plane, flew home, started working out, lost 100 pounds. I never did drugs or alcohol. I just did Twinkies and Snick Snickers and donuts. <laughs> and uh, got finished my PhD, listened to T. Jakes, uh, just wh whatever. I, it, it, it wasn't him. It just was what God was saying to me through him at that time. And... I don't, I don't know your story. I just know it's time to get it all back. My, my oldest son, Matthew James Maiden, uh, was 12 years old. He was already a phenomenal athlete um, in basketball. And uh, he started, so we were homeless for 10 months with four, four young kids. And uh, after having a great house and just, just unbelievable things. So I became, you know, really seriously, manically depressed, um, suicidally depressed. I knew I was depressed because I was finishing my PhD in psychology. And uh, true story, laid on my own couch and said, sir, you're very sick. And while I'm trying to not drown in depression, my son self-medicating. It took me a couple years to catch on. By the time we were really caught on, he was a full-blown uh, addict in his 15, 16. He's in rehab. And uh, because he was so good in sports, you know, he still had that going on. And um, as soon as he was able to, he moved out of the house. He's running the streets. Police knocked on our door, wanted to arrest him. Drug dealers would drive past our house with their guns out the window, wanting to kill him. He didn't live with us anymore. And I just would lay in his bed at night, and, and, and at the end, because I carried it, we carried it eight years, he was an addict. And at the end, I just would lay in his bed and say, Jesus, please don't let Matthew die tonight. Forget all that destiny stuff. 
I just don't want to bury him. So I'm leaving his bedroom, and Jesus jumped me in the hallway. So I say, watch out for the hallway. Jesus jumped you there. So I'm in the hallway, and he says, like this voice so loud, don't pray the problem, pray the promise. And I, I realized after eight years, my vocabulary had descended to my circumstance. And I ran and told beautiful Mary, we have to change the way we talk and pray about Matthew. We prayed for eight years, nothing happened. We, we started walking around and saying, our son's a history maker, world shaker, a man of God, a pastor, a businessman, of everything God told us he would be. He went to, he's playing university basketball before, you know, drug testing. And he's, 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 uh, he wants to date a cheerleader, you know, at this secular university. So she's, she's a Christian. She says, okay, I'll date you, but you've got to come to my church first. He had been in the church in a few years. And let me just pause and say thank God for all the uh, beautiful single women at Awaken that tell men, I'll date you, but you've got to come to church and get saved and delivered and demons cast out, spirit-filled and discipled, and then maybe something will happen. So he's at church service, like probably, I think it was a Sunday night. So he's at church with an attitude. So he's a little bit, so I'm not making fun of anyone in the back row. Because church is full. So he's in the back row with the attitude. Because when you're a preacher's kid, you've heard it all before. My dad can preach this better than you. He's back there looking at his watch waiting for church. But the problem is there's the man of God there, that servant. He says there's someone here running from a God, a broken heart, fighting addiction. Family's been through trauma. Tonight God's going to set you free. My son fell on the floor, shook for 45 minutes. When he, was got, when he got up, he was completely set free from cocaine and alcohol addiction. Like that. That really happened. Now, here's my point. We went through hell as a family, but we've recovered all. Mary and I have been watching our phones because that young man just preached his first sermon for us at church today. Yeah. Same guy. I don't know what you've been through. I just know this. You can recover all. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't configure my small, finite mind. When I was 37, I couldn't see how God could bring anything good out of what happened to me. And that kind of just, that was it. <laughs> that was a slippery slope down. But now I look back and I see a thousand good things God's done. Now, bad things happened. God put his hand on it and demanded good things to happen. All things work together for good. God puts his hands on it. And Please don't give up. Don't give up on your family, your future, your life, your business, your ministry, your city. Don't give up. I rebuke people all over America for the way they talk about California. What is wrong with you people? 
I, I believe the great revival is coming out of California. 100%. And anybody can, instead of asking God to take you to a better place, we're assigned by God to make the place we are at better. That's the kingdom. And Lord, I, I, I pray I've, I've gone too long and uh, telling that, but I've, when I tell my story, it, it just all comes back so real. Pe people 20 years later come every Sunday, Mary, beautiful Mary calls me Lazarus, to see the guy raised from the dead. The church that God gave us a $40 million building for free. My favorite word in the English language, free. Right there. And, and all these things, what, if God could do that for me, and, and my mess was long-lasting and public, what, why can't he do it for you? Why can't he do it for this city? I wonder what kind of unfinished business God's ready to restore. I wonder what's next in God's heart for you guys, for your family. I wonder what sons and daughters are ready to come home. Brothers and sisters, whoever they are, God's ready to bring them home. I pray for anyone and everyone that's been carrying discouragement. I'm sorry for what you're going through. I certainly can identify with it. And so can my 12 country western songs. <laughs> I hate to admit that's all true. I don't even like country music. I'm learning to accept a couple songs for my daughter-in-law's sake. But I pray for anyone. If you say, man, Pastor, I've been fighting some pretty intense discouragement. Or maybe you actually feel like it's depression. I'm, I'm here as proof that Jesus can heal you. My, my, I was watching... The movie Frozen with my granddaughters 10 years ago, they were six and four. And uh, they came over to the house and I said, what do you girls want to do? And they said, we want to watch the movie, movie Frozen. I said, less lovely. You know, we've only seen it 47 times. <laughs> but if that's what you want, that's what I want. So I sit in the couch and they sit like, they snuggle right up next to me, both sides. And I can't, if I turn my head, Papa, you're going to miss what's coming. I know what's coming. I know. <laughs> I, I know this part. There's a, a song in the movie called Let It Go. And after about the 45th time of watching that movie, I lay in bed and cried, Jesus, please let it go. It just, take, it, take it out. How to get in there? It has to leave. But in the Greek language, the word forgive is aphemi, A-P-H-E-M-I is the English transliteration. It means to let go. It's the portrait of an arrow. Shooting an arrow. Let it go. If you've been battling discouragement in closing, would you give me a chance to pray for you? Wherever you are, if you wouldn't mind holding up your hands, we're just going to believe for just some great encouragement and miracles. Thank you for your honesty. I, I, um, keep your hands raised. Um, young man here with the great beard, God's, uh, God's with you. God's helping you. Is, is this your family? Yeah. 
I saw the Lord say, if you could calculate down to the penny, financial restoration, I'm going to double that. Not just replace it, I'm going to double it. You're going to be a walking testimony miracle. And God's proud of you for, God's proud of you for breaking the curse of anger in your family. The curse of angry men. You've come so far, young man. God's got such great things for you. The hostility or the intensity of this season is a sign of the great breakthrough God's about to give you. And I saw a man that looked just like you set free. Every man in your family will be free in Jesus' name. And when it came to it, there was actual physical property, almost like a, a farm or a ranch. Everything stolen from your family. I command the devil to pay back. And I declare freedom comes. If someone has, if you have your hand raised, just keep it, keep it raised. It, would you help me, church, pray for our brothers and sisters now that are, have their hand raised? If someone's close to you, just to, you know, put your hand on their shoulder or, or, or pray for them. Father, we declare life and encouragement and grace to these your precious sons, your greatly loved daughters, in the mighty name of Jesus, this um, woman here dressed in white, um, are, are you here with him or no? Okay. The Lord's really proud of you. When we talk about sorrow, I, I would say especially unexpected loss and sorrows. I just want to say the season of sorrow is over. The season of kind of um, uncertainty and long-lasting grief is over. God's just stopping it. It's like a storm. God's rebuked it. And I declare it's recover season, recover all. The wound, the wound, someone else's failure has wounded three people in your family. I declare three miracles. God's healing everybody. And your faith in God has already shifted things and moved things. No more death, no more disease, no more interference. The devil's a liar. So, God, I thank you for your hand upon this precious woman and her life. Now, when it comes to God's going to surprise you, there's two things that you kind of, well, I guess that's just going to happen. One of them was a financial thing that God tried to bless you and it was stopped. I declare that delayed blessing comes. And just as another sign and a token, it's just the first of things, but just a financial blessing is coming. God wants you to know he's for you. He's fighting for you. He's with you. The last thing is this. They're coming out. The spirit of false religions being broken in your family, they're coming out, an army of them. They're coming in the freedom in Christ. You've, you've represented so well the testimony of what God's done in you. It is changing your family's world. So, God, thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. My... Is there anybody, Pastor, you wanted me to pray for? Birth, is your birthday today? So you're two days older than me. Well, minus a couple decades. What's, 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 what are decades compared to days? Oh, is uh, that your husband? Yeah. Um, birthday boy, stand next to you. Birthday girl. So I just want to say, um, the Lord's with both of you. The Lord's really pleased with you. So everybody has trials and difficulties. The Lord's proud of the way you've navigated and stewarded a difficult season. And I just want to say it's breakthrough time. It's breakthrough time in your children. It's breakthrough time in your family. It's breakthrough time in your business. It's breakthrough time in the realms of your uh, influence. 
God is up to something really good. And there are, you know, sir, you're hardworking, you're disciplined, you're diligent, you're, you're uh, tremendously gifted. And I just, I just say this, the devil can't steal anything more from you. That, 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 that is over. That, the, the robbery of opportunity and resources is over in Jesus' name. And sister, when you worship the Lord, so angels come into your house. There's this atmospheric change like that. And God's just so proud of you because you broke the curse of depression. You did it. And, I, and just like the Lord taught me, he, he's taught you. The Lord's just so proud of you. And so I just declare every other depressed woman in your family will be free. All of them, all of them, all of them in Jesus' name because of you. I saw you were these beautiful, these beautiful young people and children. And they were all leaning into both of you. And you were guiding them. And they were looking at you. So your, your marriage, your life, your family is, has weight in this community. And, it's, and it has substance um, uh, um, like, like, like pillars. You're holding up something significant and it's powerful. So, Lord, I thank you. Um, the last thing is this. The one on the run is coming home. So I declare in your family you're going to see it. Um, I believe it might be a brother, but I see this man called to be a minister. I mean, called to serve God. And doing the opposite. So, God, I thank you for a turnaround of great consequence in this family in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anybody else, Pastor? Hey. Hi, honey. Uh, tell me your name again. Bobby. Would you help me pray for Miss Bobby? God, thank you for Bobby. Thank you, God, for. So, Bobby, um, I, I feel from the depths of God's heart just a big thank you. You're a servant by nature. You're hardworking. You're industrious. When people don't do things, you just do it. You don't complain when other people aren't doing it. You just say, okay, I'm going to do it. And, you know, you might think they're lazy, but you never say they're lazy. And the Lord's just proud of you. So you've, you maximize your life in so many things. Now, like with all of us, the, so the devil tries to find a vulnerable place. Sometimes it's not us. It's someone close to us. 1,000% people close to you have been a vulnerable point of pain, including a massive betrayal. So God is lifting from your heart the scar tissue of a devastating loss and betrayal. Because you've not, you didn't make it, you didn't create it, and God's not going to let it control you. And you're going to feel differently. So I, you're rightfully discerning, you're, you're watchful, you're uh, amazingly trustful. But God's taking, God's helping you take the foot, your foot off the brake. This is going to be a going ahead year for you personally in some real great ways. I declare in your family. So sometimes things aren't chemical, biological, psychological. They're spiritual. There's been spiritual warfare. I rebuke the storm that's come against you. I command it to end. And I declare peace and grace over you, Miss Bobby. This is a laughter year, a joy year, a victory year, a triumphant year, including a medical report positive year. So all kinds of good things are marshalling up in your life from God. Uh, God bless Miss Bobby in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Hi, guys. How you doing? Uh, uh, tell me your names again. 
Popeye, like Popeye Nana. I'm I'm Poppy. That's Nana there. Popeye, can I? Is it too late to change it? Lord, thank you for this beautiful family. Thank you for hand upon their lives. Thank you for who they are. Thank you. So I, I saw, sir, this room. It was filled with trophies. And the trophies were a recognition for real achievement. Your life is filled with achievement. And not just here, but in another land. God, every place you go, you've gone, you've been productive. You've been um, not just productive, you've been uh, overly productive. You've exceeded expectations. You have a great, you have an absolute brilliant mind. It's allowed you to adapt to things quickly, to learn things quickly, and to actually do better than the people that taught you. And God's just really proud of you that you've, <clears throat> I think it's such a gift to God, sir. So I saw, it was like three seasons of cruelty against you. And every season of cruelty, you came out of it without being bitter. You prayed for people, you forgave people, you blessed people. One of them, it was a large sum of money. And God's just very proud of you. I command the devil to pay you back for every penny stolen that day, 11 years ago, and the last one, like seven years ago. This is a miracle season for your family. And they're seeing the testimony of your lives. There's dreams that you have about doing some things overseas. Every dream you have will be fulfilled in your lifetime. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, I thank you for it. Man, so I, so Mrs. Popeye, I just want to say um, you're so different. And he needed someone fun like you, okay? He, your husband is serious, focused, and you are a breath of joyful air. And the Lord, uh, what a great team you make. And the Lord's so proud of you because your words have watered your family. Your prayers have brought deliverance to your family and others. And your faith in God has kept the heavens open. There is two notable miracles on the way to your family. Notable. And one of them is an incurable disease being healed. So God's doing things for you because of you that are witnessing to the, like a large uh, family. Revival, a land will have revival because of you, another land. And you're not only going to help stir it, you're going to help finance it. So God, I thank you for all you have for these beautiful people in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.